We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, November the 9th, 2020. On today's show, boy, this is Monday therapy. South Carolina A&M recap. I will give my full thoughts on everything from the game, but more importantly, fire Will Muschamp. I'll talk about Will Muschamp, the state of this program. Give my thoughts. Take a lot of your listener questions, voicemails. I will, from the game, talk about my biggest takeaway from the game. Try to hand out some game balls, even though it's going to be really, really hard after a 48 to three beat down at Williams Bryce. But yeah, let's do it. Monday morning therapy, Monday therapy, taking your questions, comments, calls, got your voicemails. We do also have a fantastic interview, by the way, former Gamecocks tailback Joshua Blue joins the show. He was part of the 2011 and 2012 Gamecock teams. Much, much happier days for South Carolina football. But yeah, we'll dive into it here on a Monday, break down everything from the Texas AM game Saturday night, 48 to three loss. To the Aggies and Will Muschamp. I mean, where does South kind of go from here? What what answers do you have, if any? What do you do if you're a South Carolina fan? I'll try to help you guys cope with it here on a Monday. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the rest. By the way, they're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-ops. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just as invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members as well, and they offer black glove service, guys, which means they offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating, and packaging for special items and cleaning services as well. By the way, they were founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys. So a Gamecock-owned small business, Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. They also offer 20 years of project management and moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Again, guys, if you want to check them out, if you have any moving needs, whether you're in the upstate, if you're in the state of South Carolina, if you have moving needs, guys, we all know what a pain moving can be. Upstate Movers Group is the way to go. Check them out on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And also, of course, their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com, guys, especially if you're a Gamecock fan. We're all about Gamecocks helping Gamecocks here. Again, they were founded by USC alumni, Gamecock alumni founded business for any of your moving needs. I know it's a popular time of the year to move right now. And like I've said to you guys before, I hate moving. The next time that I move, I'm definitely going to be turning to the guys at Upstate Movers Group. And I've had the chance 
to talk with them, have interactions with them. The people are fantastic. Like I said earlier, service is what separates them from their competition. So again, you can find them on social media, Upstate Movers Group, but give them a call, give them a ring, check them out, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com for all of your moving needs. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at My Bookie. Guys, between the NFL, college football, all the other sports going on, there's no shortage of games to watch, and with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Guys, if you're the type who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And guys, of course, don't forget the underdogs. How could you? Because guess what? South Carolina at this point, they're going to be an underdog in, I don't know, every game they play this year. They seem to have a ton of value a lot of the time. Again, I don't know if with South Carolina that'll be the case, but the thing about college football in the NFL is that underdogs truly never are dogs on Saturdays and Sundays. And hey, my best play of the weekend, the underdog Florida, they got the straight-up W. That was the steal of the century. So again, the underdogs are never really dogs. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Guys, you can sign up today at mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. And when you do, use the promo code GAMECOCKS to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. So, guys, again, if you go to mybookie.ag, use promo code GAMECOCKS, you put in $1,000, they're going to match it, and they're going to give you $1,000 free play. It is literally a win-win scenario, and it's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. Again, guys, that's mybookie.ag, promo code GAMECOCKS, mybookie.ag, Promo code GameCox for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all of the major sports, college football, NFL, and more. You can sign up today at mybookie.ag, promo code GameCox. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Let's get it. Mics are hot. Mics are hot. Let's talk about it. Let's get through it. <laughs> Let's get through it. South Carolina falling to Texas A&M 48-3. Guys, first things first, let's start out with a positive. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Hope you're all having as good a Monday as possible. Um, I know for a lot of you that are tuning in, obviously, including myself, unfortunately, this damned football team that we follow affects our happiness in the fall. And, uh, yeah, so I know Monday today is a little bit uh, a little bit therapeutic, a little bit rough. I'm hoping this show, by the way, can be therapeutic for you. For you, And maybe we can vent a little bit, let out our feelings. I know you guys definitely did that in the voicemails this week. We had about 30 voicemails, and I'm going to try to play about three or four of the best ones because we could literally spend an entire podcast just going through voicemails, just playing the voicemails from Saturday night. But, again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. I am Chris Phillips, the host of the Spurs Up show 
as always, thank you so much for taking your time to tune in. We got a lot to get into. We've got a lot to get into. And I don't know, and I haven't said this in a while. I feel like I said this a lot last year, but I haven't said it a ton this season. But I don't know if I have a ton to say or really nothing to say. Um, because I don't know that words can do justice to what we saw on Saturday night. And guys, one quick thing really quickly. Um, no housekeeping items today, and I, I wanted to throw that out there because I know I've been pounding it in you guys' head as far as rating, subscribing, um, you know, whatever else. From now on, again, I know I've been pounding your head. Obviously, I want you to go do those things. If you have not done so, rate and subscribe the show. You know, be sure to follow here or whatever. But I figure let's just start diving right into the action, get right to the content. Again, I know I've been pounding that stuff in you guys' skulls. So if you don't hear the housekeeping items at the beginning of every show anymore, that is the reason why. I'm like, you know what? I've been pounding it in those guys' head at this point. They get it. You guys get the idea. If you haven't done so, rate and subscribe. And obviously, with any news and events and happenings, I will keep you guys up to date. Like, for example, I think we're going to have another watch party, Overtime Bar and Grill, this weekend. Hey, I will say thank you guys so much. For those who did come out to Overtime, thank you so much for that. We had a blast. The venue was awesome. Obviously, outside of the game, we had a blast there. Beers are flowing. The food was hot. Also, everybody that I ran into at the tailgates, thank you so much. It actually felt somewhat like a normal game day. So thank you, everyone that showed your love, support, um, allowed me to come hang out some of the tailgates. It was great to just take that in, to take in, again, what felt like somewhat of a normal game day. Um, but thank you guys for the hospitality. South Carolina fans are the best. But again, I just want to give you guys an update. And really not going to have housekeeping items anymore because I've been pounding in you guys' head. And I just want to dive right into the content on these shows. So without further ado, let's... Uh, Man, let, let's let's jump into it. South Carolina falling to Texas A&M, forty-eight to three. A game that from the start went downhill very, 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 very quickly, and uh, you know just just never never turned around. I mean, I, I have I have watched a lot of South Carolina football, and I've watched a lot of Carolina football, a lot, a lot of football in general. I will say, and I've watched a lot of sports in general. What you saw on Saturday night, that display. That is one of the most thorough whippings you are ever going to see on the field of play. I mean, that, that was a disgusting, pathetic, absurd performance we saw on Saturday night. Just, just, to, just to go down the stats, guys, because, again, we saw the game. Okay, we know how bad it was. But then you look at the stat sheet, and it's almost hard to fathom. A&M, 26 first downs, South Carolina, 9. Texas A&M on third down went 12 for 16. Carolina went 3 for 14. Texas A&M with 530 total yards. South Carolina, 150. 150 total yards. A&M, 266 yards passing. South Carolina, 100. A&M, 264 yards rushing. The Gamecocks, 50. Time of possession. A&M, 38 minutes and 21 seconds. South Carolina, 21 minutes and 39 seconds. And then you go into the individual stats. Colin Hill, 8 for 21 for 66. Two interceptions. Ryan Holinsky, 4 for 6, 34 yards. He came in. Luke Doty went 0 for 1. Kevin Harris leading the rushers, 13 for 39 yards. Um, outside of that, the next highest leading rusher was Luke Doty, 2 for 7. South Carolina's receivers, Shai Smith, 7 for 64. 
Next leading receiver was Josh Van, two for 20. You had Dak Joyner, one for seven. Defensive, Jalen Foster with seven tackles. Jamie Robinson with seven. Zach Pickens with six. You go down the list of tackles. Yo, what's up, man? Yo, um, are you busy? I, you know what's funny? I'm actually in the middle of recording my show, but I was like, I need to take Marler's call. So, oh, no, you're no, you're fine. You're fine. No, you're fine. You're fine. That's why they made the that's why they made the edit button. I don't have a co-host. It doesn't bother me. Maybe maybe I'll I might honestly I might just let this fly, man, on the on the the show. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I was gonna ask you a favor because I'm doing the SEC gifts, mm. and this might be the last week that Will Muschamp's on here. So <laughs> I don't have I, I I know you know how to make gifts. I was gonna mm. see how quickly you could make a video uh, or a gif of you saying. The Firewall Muschamp thing from last year, and I'll just use you as the gift. Oh yeah, no. If you give me like, can you can you give me like fifteen minutes? Um, I mean, I could I could just make it. I, I can just I, if you I, I'll make it right now because that literally would take me five seconds. Okay, okay. You can do it right now with and it actually it says Firewall Muschamp. Like that would be awesome because I'm about to post it something on it. Yeah. So you want it? Okay. Because I think I have one. It's of me and it says Fire Muschamp on the gift. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, I'll uh, I'll I will send that over to you, my friend. No, I, I I'm I feel honored that you'll be using that, so I'll, I'll send that over. I got you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Later. Okay, sorry about that, guys. I, I'm getting calls, by the way, left and right. Phone ringing been off the hook all day long. If you notice, like a weird gap right there. Uh, had people. I, I've got people calling all day long about Will Muschamp rumors what they're hearing, what they think will happen, to ask me questions on what I know. So, again, I just read off the stats to you guys, by the way. That's where we just let off. But let's get into what really matters and what we're all talking about. South Carolina got thoroughly, and I mean thoroughly, dominated Saturday night, 48-3. And the stats tell you, the score tells you, but here's the thing, guys, and you guys, if you tuned into the Daily Crow, if you tuned in the Daily Live stream last week, you heard me say this. You know, it was weird. I had a weird vibe all week last week. Like, it was Tuesday and Wednesday. Obviously, I have a lot of perspective. I'm very fired up and love what I do. I mean, I literally get to wake up every day and talk about my favorite team. Like, I, I, my life could be much worse, right? I have a ton of perspective, and, and I love the Gamecocks, and I bleed Garnet and Black, and I'm a Gamecock fan through and through, and I love game day and all that good stuff. But I found myself, it was Tuesday and Wednesday of last week. And I was like, why does it not feel like a game week? Why does it not feel like game day? Like, like it, it was the weirdest feeling. And, and as we went farther in the week, and I talked to you guys about this on Friday, if you tuned into the live stream, like I said, that Carolina football is like being in a very toxic relationship. And you stop getting your hopes up, and you stop getting your expectations up, and you stop thinking something different's going to happen than what you've seen over and over and over again, especially when your head coach is Will Muschamp. And the game came in a Saturday, and it came in a Saturday, right? Saturday morning, I went out to the tailgates. I met up with a lot of people that I knew, and I got to meet a lot of Gamecock fans, and I told people this at the tailgates and stuff. Now, I was excited on Saturday, but when I woke up Saturday morning, I'll just be totally, completely upfront with you guys. That was the first time in a long, long time, and it hasn't happened much for me as a South Carolina fan. That was the first time in a long time where I truly woke up Saturday morning so detached from the final result of South Carolina's game. Like when I woke up Saturday, I was like, man, I can't wait to go to the tailgates and see people and eat good food and enjoy great weather. And like the game 
was like the seventh thing down my list I was looking forward to. And I think what you saw Saturday night confirms why that was the case. You know, guys, again, people are going to call for a quarterback change. They're going to call to change the receivers. They want to change the OC, the DC, the O-line, the D-line, the linebackers. And, hey, I, I, listen, I, I'm not totally – I think at this point, I said it on social media Sunday, you've got to make a quarterback change. You have to change something, right? You have to. You don't have a choice. And I want to make clear that when I was, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, why are you so in the, in, on the Colin Hill bandwagon and you love Colin Hill? It's not that I think Colin Hill is an elite player. I, I don't think he's a perfect player. The point that I was trying to make all week on social media was that I wanted people to realize and understand that Colin Hill was not the main source of South Carolina's problems. He wasn't the number one reason Carolina was not doing well, okay? But I'd agree with fans at this point. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, and to give this team a spark, some sort of excitement, you got to change something up. So changing quarterbacks, I think 100%, you know, I'm recording this late Sunday night, Will Muschamp coming out saying they're, they're going to have an open competition all week and the guy that practices the best is going to be the one that's the starter, and blah, blah, blah. They're going to play who they play to win, whatever. I just think you've already basically lost the fan base. You, you cannot roll Colin Hill back out there. You, you have to give some, almost, you have to give South Carolina fans a reason to even watch at this point. But guys, I, I said it after the North Carolina game last year. That was my breaking point. And again, I, I, don't, I don't hold grudges necessarily, or it doesn't like bother me, but it is kind of funny. It's ironic too. And I hate that we've gotten to this point, by the way. But it's funny to see the same people that wanted me disowned from the fan base, that wanted me exiled from Gamecock Nation last year. Those people are saying and echoing the exact sentiments I had last year regarding Will Muschamp. Hey, I get it. Losing football games will do that to you. Going four and eight and then starting out, what, two and four and getting your teeth kicked in back-to-back weeks? Hey, there's your result. That's what happens. But I said it after UNC last year. And I said it all year last year about hashtag Fire Muschamp. Fire Muschamp, which, by the way, the Fire Muschamp t-shirts are available, tsus.store. We've already sold a ton of them. I cannot wait to rock mine. So if you want to get a Fire Muschamp t-shirt, there are still plenty to go around. tsus.store is where you can find it. But anyways, I said it last year after UNC, and you take a look at this game. We'll go ahead and dive into two, guys, because I don't even know how to break this football game down. How do you break this game down? 48 to 3. What positives are there to take away? None. There's none. And I always give you guys my biggest takeaway from the game. Okay. My biggest takeaway from Saturday is dot, dot, dot. My biggest takeaway from that game Saturday night is that Will Muschamp has completely lost this football team. Completely lost this football team. Now, I'm not trying to say that his players are going to quit on him in the sense like they're going to stop showing up and playing hard and all that. But like I've talked before many, many times, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. You guys have heard me say that a lot. There's a disconnect. Somewhere there is a disconnect because when you look at the talent on the roster and you look at what South Carolina is getting out of it, something is not adding up. You know, again, you either think the players suck or the coaching sucks. And you look at the roster and you look at the way you've recruited I think most fans agree with me. I, I don't tend to think that it's a player issue. 
I mean, again, the talent's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a this isn't a you know, this isn't the 2012 Gamecocks out there. I, I totally understand that. But <clears throat> for what you have on the roster and to be getting the results you're getting, there's a disconnect. And we all know where it lies. It comes back to Will Muschamp. I think Will Muschamp's completely lost this football team, though. I mean, when you when you have an extra week to get ready, you had an extra week to prepare, guys. You had a bye week. You had a bye week to get ready for this game. And you see the performance that we saw. I mean, what can you say? The finger has to be pointed somewhere. And again, it's not like you just lost the football game. You got thoroughly beaten. You're kicking a field goal down 41 to nothing, and you're justifying it by saying, oh, well, you know, Parker's missed something. We want to get him some confidence. Bro, he's a fifth-year senior. Get him some confidence? Him making a field goal in a 41 to nothing game is going to bring him confidence? Will Muschamp is a, and I'm trying to keep, I'm, I'm trying to hold my tongue because I said some words Saturday night after the game that my mother would not be proud of me saying. I'm sorry, Mom. Will Muschamp is such a disgrace of a head football coach. He's such a joke. This dude is such a joke. It's nothing personal, by the way, too, before fans come on and start crying and boo-hooing and all that, which I don't think, I don't think Will Muschamp's got a friend left in Columbia. I, I don't. I don't think he's got a single one, and I said it after the show, and I'll say, or I said it after the show Saturday, and I'll say it again here to get it on record on the podcast in audio form because I've tweeted it before, I've posted it, but I, I, I put it out there in video form Saturday night, but I'll say it again here because I want it well documented. Hey, if you still are a Will Muschamp sympathizer, just unfollow me. Just unfollow. Just, just cut this show off. Cut it off right now. Unfollow me. Delete me. Do whatever. I because honestly, I don't need that kind of energy in my life. I don't. I don't need the energy of people that still think William Muschamp, after what you've seen to this point, is still the head coach that the University of South Carolina football needs as its leader. Because if you still are in Will Muschamp's corner, you're one of three things, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. You are one of three things if you still are on Will Muschamp's jock. You are either on his payroll you are just blindly loyal to a fault, or you're plain stupid. You are lacking brain cells. Bottom line, I don't care if we're hurting feelings here on a Monday. I do not care. I've been saying it since the UNC game last year, and I caught hella heat for it. Hella heat, which is fine. Okay, whatever. Boom, I'll take the heat. I don't care. Bam. Great. But we sit here on a Monday after a 48-3 to beat-down loss. And you've got a head coach that is in year five in a post-game presser in year five talking about the accomplishments in his first three seasons. I, are we living in Looney Tune land right now? I, I mean, what is going on? What is going on right now? And then you got Will Muschamp asked about the criticism on his Sunday night presser, or whatever the heck it is, his media availability. Quote, it just gets frustrating for me because we have done some good things here. I don't want anybody to lose sight of that, but it has been frustrating. We've got four great opportunities sitting in front of us. Will Muschamp 
Does Will Muschamp not realize you're as good as the last game you coached or you played? You're only as good as your last game. And this dude loves to bring up time and time again, our first three years, our first three years, our first three. Yeah, bro, your best three years came with, with Steve Spurrier's players. Bottom line. Came with Steve Spurrier's players. Okay? Since then, what is it? I, I, I don't have the records pulled up in front of me. But I think it's like, you're, what are you, 7-15 and 15 in your, or whatever, 5-15? and 15. You're some terrible record. And you've lost, what, 7 by double digits? I mean, you're getting, you're not even competitive. You're getting blown out. South Carolina fans, all they're asking for is a competitive football team. That's not asking too much. Nobody is holding Will Muschamp to the fire because he's not winning double-digit games. Those expectations don't exist. This is a this, this this it becomes a real problem with me, especially when the program becomes a national mockery, and that's what it's become. It has become a national mockery. And again, some of you may be turned off today, tuned in, always just being. What positive do you want me to give you today? What positive is there? Give me one. From that game Saturday and where South Carolina sits as a program right now. What is the positive you're looking at? Even the most garnet glasses Carolina fans are turning around on this thing. Hell, game day warrior who's on social media. Dude bleeds the garnet and black. Where's the garnet glasses? I'm not trying to slight you game day warrior, but he does. Man would never say an ill word about his Gamecocks. And even he is tweeting about firing the head coach. You're starting to break people. You're breaking people. You're losing this fan base. And I hear people say, Chris, the buyout. Chris, the buyout. Chris, the buyout. Totally get it. Totally get there's a buyout. Guys, if you go down the path that I think you're probably headed down, which is three and seven best case finish, you can't afford not to buy him out. You can't. You can't afford it. Hey, when I toured williams Rice, the 2001 club, all these enhancements, they cost money. The 2001 club, guys, they're charging people $14,000 $14, a year for these seats. How in the world are you going to sell seats like that and get boosters hard-earned money when that is what you're putting out. That's the product that you're putting out there. How? Tell me how. I understand the buyout is expensive. I totally get it. You're going to need some boosters, some of your big-time boosters. Hey, I know it's COVID. I know that the, the economic ramifications, everybody's been impacted. But, damn, I tell you what, you got some boosters out there. Open up the checkbook. Let's go. How much do you care? How big a Gamecock fan are you? How big of a South Carolina fan are you? Open the checkbook. Hey, you guys might not like hearing this. And listen, I'm a Gamecock fan. I'm a fan first. I So what I'm about to say is not going to sound great, and I don't like saying it because, listen, I could never pull against my team. We can say whatever we want to say throughout the week, whatever. I'm going to say what I'm going to say right now. But when it gets to game day, man, I want to see my team win. Bottom line. I don't want to pull for misery. 
for my own team, right? But I'll be totally honest with you guys. If you truly love this South Carolina program, like probably all of you listening will say you do, okay? If you truly love and care about this program and the well-being of it long-term, and again, I hate to say this, but man, we ought to be pulling for Carolina to get embarrassingly beaten every weekend from here on out. Because maybe, maybe that's what it will take to spark a change to finally stir enough emotion and enough <sighs> want to, I, I don't know. I didn't know what the word is. Maybe that'll stir people enough to finally come around and say, you know what? And the people that can make those decisions and can make that impact and can make that happen. Maybe then again, I, it hurts to say that, but guys, it's like ripping a bandaid off. You know, Will Muschamp says you have four great opportunities in front of you. Guys, if you finish three and one, and hey, let's say you go five and five, God forbid, which is not going to happen, by the way. Let's say you go five and five by some miracle from God himself. What is squeaking out wins against Ole Miss, Mizzou, and Kentucky? What, what does that do for you? What does that do for you as a program, as a fan of the program? What, what does that really do? Huh? What does that really do? And again, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. But what does that really do? We, I mean, again, I, I, I just, I don't want people to freak out, but really, like, we should be pulling for South Carolina to get beaten to hell every week just to get Will Muschamp out of there. And again, I hate to say that, and when it comes to game day this Saturday, I will be watching, I will be pulling for South Carolina, more so because I care for the players. I feel bad for the players. I feel so bad for these players because here's the thing. We have a fair amount of guys on this roster that were highly regarded prospects that chose South Carolina over some really, really good schools that had a lot of good offers. They were four-star guys. Maybe they were high three-stars. Hell, some of them were five-stars. And you take a look at a guy like Ernest Jones in the post-game media availability. And South Carolina fans were booing. They were chanting fire must chant. By the way, if you have a video of the students or whoever the fans chanting Fire Will Muschamp, I, I really would appreciate if you'd send that to me. By the way, just a quick reminder. Um, but Ernest Jones was asked about it, and you could see the disappointment in his face, talking about his own fans booing. And obviously, they were booing Will Muschamp. But I feel for the players. I, I really do, because they're out there going to practice every day, playing in these games. They're busting their ass. You know, being a student athlete, that's a full-time job. As someone that was one, that's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. You sacrifice a lot. And I just feel for those guys because they're showing up to work every day, giving it all they got, and they're wondering to themselves, why am I, why am I not getting results? You know, what, what am I doing wrong? Why, why am I not getting the results I, th I think I should be getting? And it comes back to must jam. And again, that's why I'm saying I just feel so bad for these players. I feel so bad for him. There's no good argument that South Carolina should keep this dude. None. None. Zero. And like I said earlier, man, if, if you still think Muschamp's the guy and you want to you want to die on that hill, go die on it not following my show. I, I just – I don't need that kind of energy in my life. So, something's got to change, though, man. You know, Will Muschamp wasn't ready to say there's going to be a quarterback change. 
you know, open competition, quote unquote. I, I just don't see how you can play against Ole Miss and just roll Colin Hill back out there and, and just, just hey, we're going to do the same old thing. Like you just can't. And I don't even think. I, listen, I know Colin played like complete shit. I mean, really, eight of twenty-one for sixty-six and two picks. We should also make note of his his receivers are garbage. They're terrible. Um, you know, I you know I I, I hate to bring this up even man but like people destroyed me and again wanted me exiled and wanted me banned from the from the fan base because of what I said about the winget transfer wide receiver who I shall not name but last night or excuse me Saturday night kind of goes to the point I made and it wasn't really to even slight the kid but it's like bro you kind of see where we are as a program we're having to take a d2 transfer to be one of our top wide receiver options Again, it's no disrespect to the kid necessarily, but in the program as a whole, just screams to where you are as a program, as a as a roster on that side of the ball. I mean, just so where do you go from here, though? Are there going to be some some staff shakeups? Obviously, the rumor mill has been crazy. You know, we've we've had people saying, "Oh, Muschamp's going to be fired." He, you know, Bobo's going to be interim head coach, like this or that. If this happens, this will happen. I think it's all rumors right now, guys. I'm not letting myself get my hopes up. But, hey, the other people that say, well, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get if you fire Muschamp? Oh, my God. There's people out there. There's There are coaches out there. You can't keep using that excuse. Hire Go hire anyone. Hire anybody. I don't give a damn who it is. Give some new, put some, get some new blood in this program, a fresh face, a fresh voice, something, bro, because this man is destroying the program we all love. And it isn't nothing personal, man. I wish Will Muschamp a great life, happy, healthy, successful in whatever he does. But the man, not everybody's cut out for every job. Hey, not everybody's meant to be a number one. Not everybody's meant to be a CEO. Not everybody's, not everybody's meant to be a car salesman. Not everybody's meant to be a doctor, a lawyer a psychologist, a, a, a mother, a father. Hey, not everybody's cut out to be a head football coach in the SEC. And Will Muschamp's not, guys. He's not. How much, what else do you need to see? What else? And I'll be honest with you guys. Buyout be damned. If South Carolina loses out or even goes three and seven and South Carolina doesn't make a change, Bob Castlin's like the biggest hypocrite I've ever seen because we've heard all this lip service. We're going to hold the program to this standard. We're going to beat Clemson. We're going to win the games we're supposed to win. We're not going to accept this. We're going to do this. Then what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Buyout be damned, bro. If South Carolina really wants to go find $13 million, by God, they can do it. I have no doubts they can do it. Hell, I don't give a damn. Go sell the indoor facility. Go, go back to being in the bubble, as Tory Gurley says. I don't give a damn. What, go sell that million-dollar bronze cock in front of the stadium. Go put that towards the buyout. I don't give a damn what you have to do. You're a hypocrite if, if you just take it, up the, take it up the ass and you bring him back next year. You're a hypocrite. 
Let's move into something more positive or try to be more positive. TSU has game balls. TSU has game balls. You're like, Chris, who the hell should get a game ball? But I'm going to try to give a game ball, try to give game balls for both offense and defense. And the game balls are presented to you by our friends over at Yardware. Guys, it's like I said on social media, on Instagram, put up a video. Will Muschamp sucks, but Yardware signs? Yardware signs do not suck. And today's show is brought to you by Yardware. Guys, Yardware is a veteran-owned operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina selling must-have yard and wall signs. These signs, guys, are made of 12-gauge laser-cut steel and come in both garnet and black. Football season in full swing. Christmas is right around the corner. Guys, this is a must-have for any game coffee. And especially, like I said, with Christmas coming up, it's an easy stocking stuffer. It's like $34.95, super affordable, extremely – the high, guys, the quality – and the details is what sticks out in these things. I love it. Mine's in my studio. You can put it anywhere, your man cave, your garage, your living room, dining room, bedroom, your yard. Does not matter. This is a must-have for any Gamecock fan. First off, get one for yourself. But boyfriend, girlfriend, aunt, uncle, dad, mom, I don't care. If it's a Gamecock fan, they're going to absolutely love this thing. Like I said, even if Yarwood wasn't a partner of us, I would suggest them. I would promote this thing because, guys, this sign is awesome. Like I said, it's a must-have. You can order yours today, yardwaresigns.com. They're also on social media at Yardware Signs. Again, they were also founded by the University of South Carolina alumni. Guys, Gamecock small business owners especially could use a, a, a pick-me-up here on a Monday after what we've been experiencing. So, hey, go support them. Go support the guys. You're getting a great product for an extremely affordable price. Again, they were founded by USC alumni. Awesome guys. Uh, having the chance to work with them has been a true blessing. So, again, check them out on social media. They're at Yardware Signs, and also their website to order yours today is yardwaresigns.com. That is yardwaresigns.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, TSUS game balls. We're going to fly through this, to be honest. Offense, <laughs> who do you give it to in an offense that scored three points on? I'm actually going to give it to Ryan Holinsky, and I'm going to give it to Ryan Holinsky because you know what? Despite everything that's happened, losing his job in the preseason, barely getting to play, um, really not getting to play at all, guy comes in last night, Saturday night, four for six, 34 yards, looked pretty decent. And, uh, you know, if everything he, he has battled through and went through and went through last year for South Carolina and keeping his head high and, damn, bro, just taking it on with the media and talking to the media. You know, he had to chat with him like a week ago about losing his job. And, I mean, you imagine how tough that is for that kid. For him to stay resilient through it, he deserves a game ball. So, I'm giving my offensive game ball to Ryan Linsky. Defense, I'm going to give it to Jamie Robinson. Jamie Robinson had seven total tackles on the night, two pass deflections, also had a quarterback hurry. I thought the kid was flying around the field, and he's quietly having a very, very good season for the Gamecocks. So, I'm going to give – my game ball on defense to Jamie Robinson. And again, that's presented to you by our friends over at Yardware. Thank you so much to the guys over at Yardware. So, guys, let's go ahead, dive into listener questions and voicemails. Really only piece of news. Uh, Will Muschamp saying there's going to be an ongoing quarterback competition, which means absolutely nothing. He really just dances around the question and says, nothing because it's Will Muschamp, and he does that. That's his thing to do. So, that's what he did. And then also um, Ole Miss opening up as a seven-point favorite, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody at this point. How on God's green earth is South Carolina going to stop the Ole Miss offense? And then, I mean, again, South Carolina is just a mess. They have their own issues. They have their own problems. I, I don't know how the Gamecocks are going to do it. Whatever, you open up as a seven-point dog on the road, 7.30 kickoff Saturday night. All right, let's go ahead and dive in your listener questions and voicemails. Going to try to pick just two or three out of the bunch or three or four, but you guys left like 30 voicemails, so uh, – 
yeah, going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and knock this out, and we'll fly through it. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Hey, I hope you're doing well. I love the show. Um, frankly, I don't think I could be more disappointed to be a South Carolina fan right now. I mean, I you know, I'm pretty young, so I'm, I, I know, you know, the recent Gamecocks, not the super old ones, but – it is just ridiculous how inconsistent we are. We always show promise. I always get my hopes up, and the season always ends in flames. Everyone wants to fire the coach. There's just no positives to take from it. I'm just tired of running through this cycle. Have a good day. See you. And I, I want to make address something really quickly, by the way, because you mentioned, you know, tired of running through this cycle. And that's a lot of people's defense as far as wanting to keep Muschamp. It's like, man, like, we just can't keep recycling coaches every four or five years. I'm not saying recycle coaches every four or five years, guys, but when you got a guy like Muschamp and you know he's not the guy, what are you keeping him for? Like, bro, give the next guy 10 years. I don't give a damn. Give him 10 years. But Will Muschamp does not deserve that benefit of the doubt. He does not deserve that benefit of the doubt. No way. Give him, give him three more years for what? So he can run the program further in the ground? Come on. Come on, dude. Get out of here. So, appreciate the call, man. Hey, this is Chad Champy calling from a little town called North Augusta. I think you know something about it. Um, and my question is, who do you think we should pursue as the new head coach of the South Carolina Game Coast football team? Um, personally, I think I think we should pursue Urban, Urban Meyer. Um, well, most parents obviously got to go, and I just want to know who you think would best fit this football program and get it back on the right track. Thank you. JP, shout out North Augusta, man. Appreciate the call for sure. Um, shout out the NA, man. Obviously, love my hometown. Shout out NA. Um, realistic options. Joe Brady. Luke Fickle, um, Hypo from UCF, Billy Napier. Uh, I'm, 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 my, my brain is – I'm having a brain fart here. Um, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, I would love that one. Joe Brady would be the top of my wish list. Shane Beamer. I mean, dude, there are names out Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze would be an awesome hire. There are names out there. So, hey, literally a walking, functioning, breathing trash can. I'll, I'll take that over Will Muschamp. that took place in Columbia Saturday night and uh, just sleeping on my thoughts. I didn't want to come out too raw and, uh, but it, I'm still the exact same way I was last night. I still want to fire one more attempt. I want to tear it all down. The whole damn coaching staff. Who gives a fuck if we lose all of these recruits? If we're still, like we're getting these recruits and still losing, so what does it matter? Like, I don't know. It's time to move on. Appreciate the call, man. I agree with you 110%. Who, who gives a damn about recruiting? Who gives who gives a damn if you lose Gunnar Stott at this point? Because you know what? Keeping one recruit, one recruit ain't worth keeping a bad head football coach. And guess what? If you keep Will Muschamp and you get Gunnar Stott on campus, you know you're not going to get the most out of him. So what difference does it make? At least if you you show you're willing to change and you bring in another guy, then you have some time to, to try to continue to recruit him and get him to come to your school. But that is – no. Yeah, I mean – who gives a damn? You're, you're not you're not converting. You're not converting, getting the most out of the talent you have anyway. So what what difference does it make if you lose recruits? So 
Hey, it's Phil Harris in New Hampshire. I'll tell you when they give Muschamp that $15 million, they need to give it to him in a big cartoonish publisher's clearinghouse check. And then when he gets it, Ray, uh, Ray Tanner needs to kick him in the ass out the door. Muschamp out. Phil Carter Harris, love it, man. <laughs> Keeping it lighthearted here on a Monday. Um, got tons of other voicemails, guys. I'm probably going to play one or two more again. We, we could spend an entire show uh, talking about these voice or going through these voicemails, but we'll play like two more and then we'll get into your listener questions and get into our interview. My three year old daughter laughed at the TV because I've got all this Gamecock stuff. Like I've got, you know, Gamecock flags, Gamecock, uh, you know, Koozies and just Gamecock everything, and my daughter's laughing at me because our daughter, our, our players are getting ran over and missed tackles, just all over national television in front of Texas A&M in year five, man. So I guess that's just my comment. And I'm all the way out here in California. I'm wow. in San Diego, California, wrestling Gamecock so hard, and I'm just like a laughing stock. Because and then everybody wants to hire washed up coaches. Why don't we go hire like these coaches in division like you know North Dakota State or Coastal Carolina or these young coaches that are actually coming up? Why are we going to hire in a Hugh Freeze and Urban Meyer and all these old coaches? Everybody, let's go hire hire some coach that's up and coming that is actually like catching up with the game, so that way we can win some football games. Please, if you're going to air this, please air this. You go, gay, please. Here, this is <laughs> all right. I'm in California getting embarrassed. Somebody, please do something. Help, please. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> what a fantastic voicemail, my guy. Thank you. Uh, thank you for calling in. And sh- hey, shout out to you repping out in Cali, man. Hey, I-, I love the coastal coach, Chadwell. Get him in here. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Why not? All right, let's do one more voicemail and then we'll, uh, We'll move it to your listener questions. Let's see. Let me pick a good one here. Um, let's pick a good one. Let's pick a good one. Let's see. Here we go. Hey, Chris. This this Gamecocks team is so unpredictable, you know? It's like we can go out there and beat Georgia on the, on the road and have a big win, and then we all of a sudden lose all our momentum when we lose to a team like Vandy. You know, it's just... It's so hard to watch Carolina football, and it might have been a good thing that we didn't play close to Carolina this year. Anyway, thanks. Enjoy the show. Hey, man, thanks for the voicemail. And I'll be honest at this point, you know, I, I said uh, you know, a little bit ago on social media, oh, no way. Carolina would beat the hell out of Coastal Carolina. Come on, y'all are just being dramatic. Boy. I'll tell you what, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Coastal might run it on South Carolina this year, man. I ain't got a clue. Um, all right, let's go ahead and dive through your listener questions. We'll wrap this thing up. Um, a Yorin, are there any signs of him or Ray getting tossed? There, there's been tons of rumors, and uh, you know I, I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, e Card Zero, what do you think about Hugh Freeze? Would be an interesting hire. It, it would be a splash. Um, I don't know if that'd be the best one, but it'd be a splash. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Brennan underscore Smith forty seven. The field goal was the most Will Muschamp thing ever. I, I agree. It's baffling. It's just truly, and the explanation was just. Jesus. G underscore A underscore loss and fire must champ. Sure, but who would want to come to South Carolina? My guy, who wouldn't? Look, you act like we have nothing to offer a head football coach. Who wouldn't want this job? That's my response to you. Um, let's see. 
Andrew underscore the underscore text, but you know it's bad when Jamie Harrison gets in on you. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie Harrison saying that he would uh he, he would help with the help with the buyout, help with the <laughs> help with the fundraiser. I love it. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh. Combat underscore Johnson. Why do our coaches refuse to change things? They're obviously not working. I I don't know, man. Definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again. Um, Nathan Helms seven. Should Muschamp be fired if we lose to Ole Miss? Muschamp should have been fired a year ago, bro. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, G to Matt's rumor has that an anonymous donor paid for his buyout. God, I wish that was true. I really, really wish that was true. Last question. Krusty Andy, your dream head coaching hire. I'd probably go right now. I mean, Joe Brady's at the top of my list. Um, Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops. Hey, see what old Stoops he's doing, huh? Get him out of retirement. So one of those names. All right, guys. Appreciate the questions. Appreciate the voicemails, guys. Thank you so much for helping me cope on a Monday in regards to Carolina football. Now, we have a fantastic interview. Former Gamecocks running back Joshua Blue took the time again. A former walk-on, but he was at South Carolina in 2011 and 12, and we got to talk about and relive again. On a very tough weekend, a very tough Monday, it was nice to reflect and think about simpler times, think about better times. And we talked about 2011, 2012. Really, really great conversation, man. Really great conversation with Blue. I'm really glad he reached out to me, and I'm really happy to have him on the show, guys. So sit back, relax, enjoy again. Enjoy this interview. Thank you so much again, guys, for the support, for the love. Everybody that shouted out Saturday at the tailgates and everything, thank you so much, guys. You honestly, you guys are what make doing this bearable because if it was just me and South Carolina football in a room, I might go insane, but the supporters are what makes this engine go, guys. So thank you so much for the love and support. With that being said, enjoy this interview with former, former Gamecocks running back Joshua Blue. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks football. He was at South Carolina 2010 to 2012, was a part of Gamecocks football in 2011 and 12. Obviously, he's one of the best teams in school history. He was a running back at South Carolina and somebody I'm very excited to chat with, former Gamecocks running back Joshua Blue. Joshua, appreciate you taking the time, man. It is a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and I was going to say, obviously, you reached out to me via Facebook, and it's it's really awesome because li- literally we were just talking a few seconds ago off air about, you know, the people I've been able to have on the show. And like I told you, I, it doesn't matter to me if you're you're the walk-on, whatever, last guy on the roster, or you're a Gamecock legend, DJ Swearinger, whatever-esque. Anybody that put on that garnet and black that bleeds that garnet and black is welcome on my show. So it's great to get you on to hear your perspective, your thoughts. And it's funny because you reached out to me via Facebook, and I, 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 I joke with some of the uh, – the quote-unquote older players that it's like funny it's like yeah a lot of the uh the older players i hear from them on facebook because they don't have instagram or twitter they're not they're not quite that well versed in uh in social media so it's like you know especially the guys i get on the plate on like the o two o three o four of i'm like you know i'll, I'll pick at them but yeah i, I figured yeah. i figured i'd hear at you from facebook is that you're kind of too old for instagram i guess but uh but no man appreciate you taking the time obviously great to have you on Let, let's go back to the beginning for you joshua because you're a guy from the state of south carolina uh, Tatum, South Carolina, you played your high school ball at Marlboro County High School. Um, talk about, you know, you obviously went to South Carolina that first year you were a student when the Gamecocks went to the SEC title for the first time in their school's history. So obviously the only time they were gone. But talk about your high school football career. Obviously you're running back. You decided to go to South Carolina. What, what was recruiting like for you? Did you have other offers, other places you could go? Like what was that process like for you? And why did you choose to attend South Carolina? I mean, well, for me, it was a it was a little different than um, a lot of the other athletes, especially guys who were actually recruited. I actually didn't have 
any offers for football. Really? Uh, yeah, I actually didn't have any. But the first thing I had, I did have my parents in my life, so mm-hmm. that helped me a lot. But other than that, I, I had really good grades. Like, I had really good grades. I mean, I was really good at football as well. Um, I didn't play until my senior year. I uh, got injured pretty much every year. It was either a sprained ankle or a pulled hamstring, fractured shoulder, and there was other guys who were good as well in front of me. Um, so I didn't play until my senior year. Um, five games into the season, yeah, more than 12 yards to carry. But again, I'm 5'6", 140 pounds. So obviously not getting recruited. I mean, you're small. And that's how a lot of players are as well. Mm. But even though I did get hurt and didn't play the rest of the year, I still got to pick whatever school I wanted to go to just because I had good grades. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't know as well because that's one route you can take, but it's not a route that's that's often really looked at, right? This is not a route that's looked at enough, uh, mm. you know, in my opinion. So so that's the route that I took, uh, just having really good grades. And, and the advantage of it is you can kind of pick your school. Mm. So, like, when you're getting recruited, you, I mean, your schools are going to pick you. Obviously, you're going to have some interest um, just based on strictly location, mm. right? But when it's the other way around, it's like, okay, I can recruit my school now. And that that puts you at a huge advantage, just a huge advantage. Mm. Um, even if you're a walk-on or one-star, two-star, really doesn't matter. It puts you at a huge advantage. Right. And I, I was going to say, too, just to give you some credit as far as being an athlete, because you lettered in high school, track and field, golf, weightlifting, obviously football. You're a golfer. You're a big golfer. Yeah. I yeah. Got master. Got master's week this week. Are you fired up for that? I mean, I, I'm I'm from the area. I'm from North Augusta. So obviously I'm, I'm pumped for it. But yeah, I was like, man, he's a golfer. You got you love to see that. Yeah. I just started <laughs> last week, actually. Yeah. So started back since college. Yeah. I feel like, you know, obviously it's different this year, but everybody gets that master's week itch though. You know what I mean? You all, you, master's week starts coming up. It's like, oh, I'm going to start playing golf again. We, we, you're watching it on TV. Like, I really want to get out there. But you were talking about your grades, man, that you were a good student. You actually studied experimental psychology. What what exactly? And I'm assuming, did you graduate of that? Did you change your major from that point? Because obviously I'm just going off of your, your bio yeah. on USC's website. But um Talk about that. I mean, what exactly is experimental psychology? Because I I know what psychology is, but experimental psychology, like what what does that entail? It's the same thing. Um, Technically, it's the same thing. Mm. But with experimental psychology, um, a lot of the studies within it um, and a lot of the independent studies are are, are based on that studies itself. So it's based on experiments. So it's just like any type of scientific study, you know, you have to have a type of hypothesis, if then, and then what would happen. That's all experimental psychology is. So it's okay. If this happens, then this will happen. And it Mm -hmm. relates to um, a psychology precept. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting for sure. Obviously, again, you, you were the guy, like you said, with the grades and stuff like that. But you get to USC 2010. I'll ask you because you walked onto the team in the spring of 2011. What what made you decide to do that? Obviously, again, you played football in high school, so you've obviously got a love for the game and you no doubt have some talent. But what what made you decide when you get to Carolina, hey, I'm, I'm going to go try out for, for Steve Spurrier squad? Well, it didn't start there. Like I started in like fifth grade, actually. Right. That's a long time ago. Um, I just didn't know where I was going to go. Right, right, right. Which one that was going to be, whether it was going to be like golf, track, or football, or what school it was going to be. 
um, or just academically speaking. So that's where it really started at from, from that point. Um, but I was going to go run track, actually, after I got hurt mm. in high school. I was going to go run track at another school when I went up there. And uh, yeah, I just wasn't really right. feeling it that much. And the last minute, I decided I was going to go to USC. But as far as the preparation to get ready for the football and um, just decide to walk on, I already knew I was going to be a football athlete, no matter what school I went to. I knew I was good enough to play at whatever school it was. So for me, it was more so picking the school I wanted to go to um, instead of, you know, just picking um, the, the sport. So that's what For it was. sure. And so, I mean, obviously you were watching South Carolina again, do what they did. They already had Steve Spurrier, legendary head coach. And you get there, you know, 2010, you're watching the guys, you know, obviously go to the SEC title game, first time ever in school history. The program is on the rise, you know, beat number one Alabama. The program is on the rise. So, I mean, I think it was a great decision by you. You jump on into yeah. a great program. I mean, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the opposite of how we feel right now as South Carolina fans. Like, when you're winning, everybody's happy. Everybody's you know, happy-go-lucky. Everything's just great, like whatever. Um, so, you jump on at a beautiful time. Just just talk about that. I'm assuming you probably went to like a, what, a, a walk-on tryout day or whatever they probably said. Or just talk about how that kind of came about. Like, did, did you approach Coach Spurrier, an assistant coach? Or like, what, what was the what was the process there to get on the team? Yeah, I mean, and just for anybody who, you know, wants to, to have to walk on, if you don't have that opportunity to be a five, uh, any type of recruit, you can know you have to know that process. Mm-hmm. So for me, I knew what position I wanted to play. I went broke down film, you know, just from different players. And that's what, if you really want to do it, that's what you have to do is just break down the film, see what they do good, um, see what workouts are good for you based on your position. But whenever I went up to USC, I had to gain weight because I was like 140-something pounds in high school. So nobody's going to take it. Yeah, I was right, like, right. So nobody, you're not going to play in the SEC at 143. So I had to gain a lot of weight. So I ended up gaining weight, and we had a walk-on tryout. Um, but I had been working out with some of the players already, uh, with a few of the players. DJ was actually one of them. So we're out there, and it's crazy. One of the coaches, after we do the stretches, um, the weightlifting coach, he's like, wide receivers over here, wide receivers and cornerbacks over here, quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks go over here, linebackers, linemen go over here. And I'm like, well, where, where do running backs go? And he just looks at me like, no, did I say anything about running backs? And he all, yeah. And so I go over with the wide receivers and the cornerbacks because right. he didn't say running backs. So he was a great coach, by the way. Mm. Um, and then next thing I know, like I said, DJ pops out. Uh, a few more of the guys who I was working out with, they pop out. Mm. Um, and they see me out there. And it went it went pretty good. You know, the walk-on process it went pretty good. Um, saw it, get, got to see Spurrier right out there. And that was, that was pretty good. Right. And, that's one of the props that, you know, I always give him because even right after the walk-on tryout, I mean, I'm just a, a walk-on. I'm not, you know, somebody he he knows about, really. Mm-hmm. So he just, just comes up to me, fist bump, hey, what's your name? You know, just ask me, like, different questions and stuff like that. You know, full-fledged conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a real, it was a real eye-opening experience, you know, just see somebody um, at that level. And, again, I hadn't made a team at this time. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking like, oh man, that's Coach Spurrier. You know, that's, he won this, this, this Heisman <laughs> winner, Coach Heisman. You know, so that's all I'm thinking about. So you know, that that was experience, and found out uh, I think it was like a day or two later made the team. So, yeah, well, what what were the emotions like for you when you found? Because I mean, obviously, like you said, you felt like you were, 
you were good enough to play at that level and you, you know, you felt confident, but I have to imagine like, that's a pretty cool feeling. Like you, you find yeah. out you made the team. Like I said, too, it's like you, you made that South kind of team that like was on the rise and like, you're, you know, again, it's just more fun. You're part of a, a really, really good program and some, you know, a team that's, yeah, obviously you saw, you saw what you guys, you know, you were a part of it, what you guys did in 11 and 12, but yeah. What were the rush? What was the rush of emotions for you? Like uh, when you found out. And it was, it was amazing, man. It, it wasn't even the fact that I made the team. It was more so, like you said, I made the team and it was on the rise mm. and the right. And, you know, close to home, uh, good academic studies, like everything was, was perfect. Um, or seemed you know, seemed to be perfect at that time. Um, and again, we had a really good team. I mean, a great team. And at that time, I was thinking we were going to win 13, 14 right. games. That's how good of a team that we actually had, um, looking back on it. And even right then, just knowing that I would be a part of it, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I wanted to ask you just about that comment you just made as far as you thought that, you know, South Carolina win 13, 14, it's probably like compete for a national championship. Was there like – because obviously you watched it from, from the sidelines in 2010, but was there a moment for you – like in practice where you were like, you looked around, you were like, yo, we're good. Like we're really good. And it was, it was probably like 10 of those moments. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably, yeah, like, I, I guess what, I mean, I don't yeah. think he was there yet, but you know, you, 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 you joined the squad in spring of 11 and I mean, obviously fall of 11. That was Clowney's freshman year. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. you just think of some of the players that were, were on those teams. I mean, you're talking some, some legends, some guys that are still doing it in the NFL right now. Like, Big time ball players. Yeah, I mean, I knew because I saw Melvin. Like we had a guy named a lineman, a six like six one two seventy. Mm. Saw him go up dunk a basketball. I mean, these <laughs> freak athlete, like, okay, freak athlete. We we might you know we might win, and you know we got <laughs> got the guys to win. And there was like I said a lot of times in practice, um, even after games, during games, just evaluating it. You see where you stand and where your opponent stands at, especially whenever you're really studying it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. For sure. I, I want you to expand a little bit on the uh, the Spurrier thing because you talked a little bit about your, you know, having that conversation with him and the relationship or whatever. But expand on, you know, just, just what that relationship was like between you and him. Because, again, I think it's interesting. You know, I, I've heard – different players in regards to the position they played and their relationship. You know, I think it all obviously alters, you know, every guy has a different relationship, whether you yeah. played offense, defense, quarterback, receiver, D and whatever. Um, but did he, I'll ask you this. Did he treat walk-ons any differently? Was it just kind of like, whatever, go about your business. You're just part of the squad. Like, cause I feel like that's the kind of guy Spurrier was. He didn't give a damn who you were. If you were helping him win football games, I think he, he loved you. I mean, that's bottom line. Yeah. And that's, well, other than Spurrier, like that's how our team was, right. because we had a few five star guys, like one or two, or well, no, we had more than one or two. We had like three or four, but it wasn't. We weren't stacked with five right. star. Most of our guys were three star, four stars. Right. Everybody was kind of well. It's kind of it's kind of like Swearinger told me when he came on that five stars has never been the standard at South Carolina. We don't care how many stars you have, like, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah like that wasn't really really paid attention to. Mm. Um, Spurrier, he was the same way. Um, so again, like after I, even after I walked on, he just came up fist bump, and we have an old conversation. Um, just asked me, Hey, where are you from? Um, just asking about some of our other players were from Marlboro County that played at South Carolina, too. Like we had a guy named Savelle, a few more guys that played at South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, but before every game, he would walk up. One thing that he would do, um, he walk up to every fist, every player 
just give him, you know, just a little fist ball, right? And he had a, a pretty much like a nickname for like every every player, uh, <laughs> a shortened up name for every yeah. player. So he, he had a really good relationship with all of with what, what did he call you? What did he call you? Mine was Blue Doggy. Like Blue <laughs> Doggy. Blue Dog, yeah, because my last name is Blue, and right. who I went to is Marlboro County Bulldog. So <laughs> that was, of course. Blue. So yeah, I guess Doggy is like a puppy or something. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, there yeah. you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. I, I want to ask you too because we were talking a little bit off here. Obviously, you're a football guy. Um, you understand the game. You know the ins and outs. I'll ask you specifically back to Spurrier yet again. You, you saw him up close and personal. You're one of his offensive guys. What do you think made him such a successful coach? Because, you know, each coach does different things or whatever that – like, are there things you can pinpoint and look at and say, okay, this – you know, because obviously you, you got to have the Jimmys and Joes, right? Without them, the X's and O's really don't matter. But I, I tell people the thing I miss about Coach Spurrier is I, I feel like, like you were saying, it wasn't like South Carolina was a team just chocked full of five stars. But Spurrier yeah. got the most out of his players. Like – he, he made three stars play like four stars. He made four stars play like five stars. And again, the whole star ranking thing, no matter how you feel about it, whatever, we're just going off that, using that as a basis. But what, like, are there things you can pinpoint that you say like this, the way he did this, this, and this were some of the reasons you saw like the, the eventual success at Carolina? Honestly, it's, it's hard to say. Um, and that's not, that's, that's actually not a negative. That's actually a positive mm-hmm. thing. It's hard to say. He was so well-rounded and, and well-versed, it seems like. And just the uh, entire staff that was around him, uh, people that he brought in or people that he hired, was it just made a perfect match. So it was really hard to say exactly, oh, he was really great at coaching this. Because, honestly, he spent a lot of the time with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was still a great coach. Um, so it's, it's really hard to say, you know, his what made him that good of a coach. Because he was just, like I said – good at everything and he had a really good culture he brought in you know a good culture um we had a good culture as well too so that's that's what really made our team right is that culture that that we had yeah I want to move into those two years you were actually on the team uh blue obviously 11 and 12 we all know what happened South Carolina you were on the first team that ever won 11 games you win back-to-back bowl games just just talk about again being a part of those teams. I mean, I, obviously, again, it, it has to. I'm sure it, it fills you with joy. You can still tell people, you know, hey, I'm, I'm part of the South Carolina team, that the first ever South Carolina team that won 11 games, 11 games in a season. You you can forever – you forever have that. Um, and when I talk to DJ Swearinger, I talk to other guys, you know, they all, they all take a lot of pride in that. But, uh, man, like we said, like when you, you found out you made the team, and again, you're on a program that's on the rise and on the up and up, and then just to be a part of it. I mean, that, that just had to be a blast for you. Yeah, man, it was, it was, it was like I said, it was, it was really good. Um, especially after we won the bowl games and um, the eleven win seasons, it was just a blessing, honestly. Um, especially like I said with that route that that I took to get there, it really was. Um, we were kind of upset a little bit after we won the eleven games because, like I said, we we thought we should have won a little more, or at least a little more, but. I wish we could have, but still happy, still happy that it happened. You know, mm. yeah, it was it was amazing. We like I said, we had we had a we had a lot of guys. We had a lot of talent, and we were all together. You know, we were all really together as a team, too. So I mean, everybody knew each other. Uh, if everybody didn't know each other, it's these five or these ten guys, they have such a good chemistry together, mm. and we all play together, right? Um, same thing on the defense. You might have 
the linebackers and the defensive backs who have an amazing chemistry on the field and off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, off the field chemistry helps boost the on the field chemistry um, that we had. So just looking b- back at, you know, looking back at it like that and the situation that it took to get our team to that point was, was pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Mm. I, I want to ask you specifically about 2012. And by the way, uh, Blue, I, I'd have to say maybe, maybe I think I think you might have been slept on. You should have seen the field more because you uh, you had four carries for 19 yards. You ever you actually averaged 4.8 a carry. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's respectable for any running back. I don't care who you are. But getting on the field again, you played against East Carolina, UAB, and Arkansas. Um, and again, I know it was really limited playing time, but just to again, you go from just being a student at Carolina to you're actually on the field taking a handoff, like. Again, I, I know that that has to still be something you look back on and, and, and you say, you know, I did that. I accomplished that. I had that goal and I accomplished it. And, again, to get on the field and, you know, contribute in any way. Just talk about that. I'm sure that had to be a, a really cool thing for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was. And that's why that's why I was glad you, you know, you called back. And because a lot of for a lot of people, it, it won't happen or not. It won't happen, but it didn't happen or mm. may not. And for me, like I said, one of the biggest reasons why it happened because, like I said, I had really good grades, mm-hmm. and anybody can—I don't think anyone can do it. But if if you want it, you can do it through that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was—it was, it was really good. Because, like I said, I had been working at, to get to college for football since I was little, like mm-hmm. fourth, fifth grade. You know, working out, you know, multiple times a day, uh, twice a day, sometimes. You know, just to get to that point and. And I knew I wouldn't get there if it wasn't for my grades. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, I was only 140-something pounds. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I literally walked up to a recruit, you know, during the game. I mean, this game, I had, I think it was 15 carries, 225 yards, you know, in high school, first game. You know, like, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good out there because I'm not getting recruited at the time because I didn't play until my senior year. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hey, I'm doing pretty good. And he looks, he's <laughs> like, well, you, you're a little too small you know, go try to try to apply for like a D2 school or something, mm-hmm. something like that and go, go to slot receiver. So, like I said, I was real small and I was always mm-hmm. getting hurt. And that's a lot. That's the story of a lot of players. You know, you might be a little undersized. You might be a little too slow, mm-hmm. you know, for your position. But I mean, you still can get there. It's just about that opportunity. It's about how do you how do you get that? How do you get that opportunity? So for me, once I actually got that carry um, or those few carries or whatever, um, it was still a lot, you know, because like I said, I mean, I walked in with guys like Marcus. I mean, this is a five-star prospect. You know, this is like this is one of the best running backs in South Carolina history, like best of the nation. I mean, right. the running back, another running back, just led the state of Georgia in high school in rushing yards. Yeah. The other running back led the state of South Carolina in rushing yards. So yeah, you know that, and that's one of the things that helped bring us all together is because. Like I said, a lot of us had a lot of similar, a lot of similarities. Uh, like I said, we had really good players in high school. We had some who were good, but had to have that opportunity. So it was, it was a pretty good experience. You know, man, what, what I, I'm so glad you came on too, because what I love about your story is your story is not only applicable on the playing field, but I think like in just everyday real life, just in the whole, the whole sentiment and the moral of the story behind is if you want something, you can get it. Even though people might tell you you can't or whatever, whatever it is you want, there is a way where there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, and you made that happen. So again, I give you major kudos and to anybody that does anything like that in life, I, I think it should be appreciated. So I think what you did obviously is awesome. Like you said, man, you, you found a way to get it done. Hey, 
you mentioned the importance of the grades, man. People people sleep on it, but I mean, if you, yeah. you don't have them, and there's it seems like there's a recruit in every class that I heck I remember plenty that South Carolina that you know highly touted guys, and they just for whatever reason just cannot get through the clearinghouse, and you yeah. know you don't have them, it, it'll eat you alive if you don't have them. So I mean, it's people like I said, people can sleep on it, but. uh you got to have them. This is bottom line. That's it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more to it, too. That's right. Which I, I wish, I mean, I don't know how much is talked about now, but I know whenever I was coming up, it really wasn't pushed, you know, to the forefront. So, I mean, you obviously you have to have a, like a 2.5, I think, to get into college. But if you have a 2.5, you have to have higher on the SAT. And that's one thing that's not really taught. So, if you have a 2.5, you have to score like a 1,100 on the SAT, which – so, I mean, if, because yeah, if you have a 2.5, you're probably not getting an 1100 on the SET. Yeah, not, Real, yeah. just realistically, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if your GPA is high, you can afford to score lower. You right. Know? The cost is taken anyway. So. <laughs> right, right. You you you're in, you need to do well. You're incentivized to do well. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you, obviously, again, you were a guy who did really well in the classroom. And obviously, being part of those 11 and 12 teams, I know it had to be a blast. Was there a game? I mean, whether it was the games where you got your handoffs, or was was there? I mean, because again, you were part of those teams that won so many big games and there were so many great moments. I mean, I think specifically off the top of my head, you know, both of the Georgia wins, both of the Clemson wins, like what, what's like a game or two that really sticks out from your time at Carolina? Like, wow, that was a blast. Like that, like a memory that'll just live with you forever. I was, the, the Georgia game, I think it was um, 12, the home yeah. game. Well, yeah. Home game. Yeah. yeah. Georgia. I- Stadium was gonna fall. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I legit thought the stadium was gonna fall <laughs> down there. It's, it's crazy, and it looks like it's swaying because you know everybody's up yeah. there swaying. People in the student section, and you know you got the 18, 19 year olds drinking, not even supposed to be drinking, and they're just throwing towels. <laughs> so, and you're just watching it, and you can see it. So, so that was one of the biggest game, um, and especially, I think. Clowney threw somebody that game through Aaron Murray. Yeah, well, he uh, threw oh, yeah. him like a rag doll all night. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So, so that game, <laughs> that one was um, the Outback Bowl, obviously, because because of the big hits. I didn't really like. I did not like that game. It was too much back and forth. Yeah. And and at South Carolina, we weren't a team that really went back and forth with guys. And, you know, it was either even, and then later on, we trailed away. But that game, it was like I said, we oh, were yeah. down to the wire. Yeah, we were losing, and I think going into the third or fourth. So I mean, that was yeah, a, that D- was Dylan Thompson with the game-winning touchdown pass. I think like a minute left. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, he dropped it right in between three people mm-hmm. too. That was amazing. That was one of the most beautiful passes I've seen. <laughs> to such an underrated pass, mm-hmm. such an underrated catch too. The catcher didn't have to weave in between three guys. But anyway, um, those would be the two two biggest games by far. I mean, well, the Clemson game too. Whenever we played him at Clemson, I think mm-hmm. Clemson sacks or something. Yeah, like four that. and a half sacks. Still the uh, still the Death Valley record for sacks in a game. Yeah, that game. That one was that one. And was and, that, and people forget that game. You had no Connor Shaw, no Marcus Lattimore, and still whooped yeah. that ass. I mean, it's called yeah. for what it is. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, we knew going to that game, and we knew like we didn't have either one of them. But yeah, you know, our guy's face, right? Like Dylan. You see, you see it, and you see it in space when we're gonna go out, and especially when you have, you know what you have to do. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, so, and, you, and you had and you had Clowney literally telling everyone that Taj Boy was scared to death of him. I mean, yeah, that's the type of confidence you were playing with. So yeah, you know, I mean, I mean 
<laughs> when you jump, when you're three yards away and you jump and sack somebody, that's game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I I, I want to ask you, obviously, getting off the field again. You 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 uh studied experimental psychology. I'm almost always curious to hear what you know former Gamecocks are doing. So what you know after their career and stuff like that. So what what was life like for you? What's life been like to this point? I mean, as far as um, obviously you're a proud alum, and I want to ask you in just a second about the state of the program because I'm sure you. Sure, you have some takes because obviously we're recording this the day after the Texas A&M game, so because everybody's got an opinion today. But uh, no, I just want to ask you, like, what's life like been for you after your career at South Carolina? Have you been able to go back? Obviously, the facilities are crazy now compared to even when you were there with the indoor facility and the new. You know, you guys are over there, the proving grounds. Now they got the the new practice facility, the ops building. You know, the enhancements to Willie B and all around it. But like, what's what's life been like for Joshua Blue after uh, after your playing days? It's it's been good after. Um... I mean, I'm doing good. I just started back um, getting into football by coaching. Uh, started coaching small fry football last year. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the new facilities. I haven't been up in a few years. Still keeping contact with uh, a few of our guys, and you know they're they're all for the most part doing doing real well too. Um, I would like to go back um, to see the new stuff that they have. Like I said, I haven't been up in in a few years, uh, but like I said, most of us still keeping contact with each other. Um, because they had a really good experience together out there. Right. So, yeah. No, for sure. And, and dude, it's they're incredible. I can tell you that. I've, I've got to tour the ops building, and it, it is it is wild how night and day. And I'm sure, like I said, the guys that were on those 11 and 12 and all those teams, they come back and they're like, "How did we not have this?" Like, so ju- I mean, because it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible <laughs> what the what the guys have at their disposal now. And certainly, nobody can say South Carolina does not have the facilities. Um, to compete with the big boys right now. So I'll ask you, obviously, you're a proud Gamecock alum. You're watching everything going on. Uh, we're in year five of Will Muschamp. We're literally – this is Sunday, the day after South Carolina loses 48-3 to at home to Texas A&M. I mean, I'll let you take the floor, man. Just I mean, Again, you're a football guy. You understand the game. I'm not sure how much of it you watch, but you know, I'm sure you, you've been able to catch some. So you see it on the field. Again, you're a football guy, football mind. You know, you know things that the the cat the average fan maybe doesn't see or know. But overall, just your overall take on the state of the South kind of football program right now. What what are you seeing? What do you like? What do you not like? I mean, again, it, the floor is yours, my friend. Go right ahead. I mean, it's kind of like a little reconstruction period right now. You know, mm. just going through some things, and I mean, every every game is not going to be. You know, I mean, every that's that's just how it happens. Uh, especially, like I said, just looking at just pure talent. Every every game is not gonna it's not gonna be a win. Uh, but even if you lose, it's, it's about how you do it. I didn't I didn't really get a chance to to watch that game, um, that one in Texas A and M. I did get to see some of the highlights. I mean, I I wish we were doing a little better than what we are right now. But, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty sure sure everyone everyone is wishing that same thing. But like I said, the, the main thing is learning from that, right? So if we go out and we do lose, or they do lose forty-eight to three, or whatnot, is what are you what are you gonna learn from it? All right, we're gonna go watch film and study from it, you know. So the next time we don't lose forty-eight to three, mm. and that's 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 the difference. So for me, obviously, we don't want to see your team get get blew out like that. So, but again, it's what do you learn from it? Right. You know. So if they're not going back and watching the film, breaking it down to get better, then that's one thing. But if they are, that's another thing. So hopefully, you know, they are getting better from it. Um, and they will use this as a learning curve. 
It, I tell you, man, it, it almost feels weird to be talking about about it this way. We were literally just talking about eleven and twelve and the successes you got. It's just a complete one eighty. I, mean, I know you. I mean, can you? I, I just can't fathom one of those teams you were on losing a game forty eight. There's just no way that would just yeah, never. That would just never happen. I mean. Yeah, and that's like I said. That's why it's kind of hard to. It's hard to grasp, right? It has to be. I, I just. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to imagine being in that situation. So I not even yeah kicking a field enough. goal down forty one nothing. Like, can you even fathom that? No, <laughs> I mean, you know, Dang. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Um, no, yeah, I, even though you can't imagine that, right? Right, right. Uh, do get I, like I said, I've been here, and you know. A lot of rumbles. I mean, in the past few years, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, yeah. quite frank. Then we're not winning. We're not winning. Ton of rumbles today, by the way. I don't know if you've been on social media, but it is. It has been nuts. But, but again, you got to look at every. You have to look at everything in the totality, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, if you're not good enough to win a game, then you're just not good enough to win a game, right? If you do everything it takes and you're just not, then you're not. Mm-hmm. But that if you go back and you get better from it, then that's the difference. So, I mean, we can look at a team losing 48 to 3. I mean, that's a bad thing or whatnot. But at the same time, you might have a team in the top 10, you know, they may barely win a game or they might barely lose a game. You know, that's just as big a, as a disappointment, you know, in my eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. That's I, just- I, I want to ask you a question. I'm very curious to get your response on this because it, it's – it's it's sort of I don't know if it's a weird question or if it's the question that not many people ask, but I, I'm sure that you've been around a lot of coaches. Like you said, you've coached the game of football, and, and I, I you know I want you to be honest with me because I, yeah. I I feel like the people that I know that have coached coaching is a fraternity. You know what I mean? And coaches are very very hesitant to not even talking about like South Carolina specifically, just overall. Like I've never heard a coach that a friend of mine that was a coach, anybody, I've never almost never heard a coach bad mouth another coach. Like every coach is a good coach. Like, like in the sense of like, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like the coaching community looks out for each other. And I, listen, you have to know the game of football so absurdly well to be a, a coach at a school like South Carolina. Like it, there's nobody at that level that does not know the game of football. Everybody that gets to that level <clears throat> knows the X's and O's and stuff like that. But, like, is there any merit to what I'm – do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like – I would just – I would love to hear – I'm not specifically speaking on you. This is just something I've been thinking about for a while. It's like I would love to hear someone with knowledge of coaching. Like, because every coach can't be a great coach. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody's Steve Spurrier. It's just – that's just not how it works. Like, some people are really, really great at it, and some people – they know the game of football, but maybe they're just not – you know, I, I, I tell people this way. Not everybody's a number one. Not everybody's a CEO. Not everybody's a doctor. Like, not, not, everybody's, not everybody's cut out for every walk of, of life, every role. That, like, yeah. again, is there, is there any merit to what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like this is something – like, the coaching fraternity looks out for one of You're never going to hear – you know, obviously, like, again, like, Muschamp's not going to go on his Tuesday presser and say, well, yeah, we're taking on Lane Kiffin. He's an average coach at best. Like, you're not going to hear him say that. I mean, number one, you're playing him, but it's just like – the coaching fraternity is tight knit. Like you're never gonna hear, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems well, crazy I, to me. I don't. I don't know. It just seems. I crazy. Mean, yeah, yeah, it does. Well, this is again not. It's not even like a South Carolina. This is just all of coaching. You know, yeah, just general. like a generic thing. Yeah, it does seem a little tight knit because, like I said, some 
you do have some of the coaches who are going to take a shot at somebody. I think Spurrier actually took shots, you know, right. like little jabs at, at um, a few coaches in this time. But it does seem like a, a, a real tight-knit community. But it's a lot that separates, you know, good coaches and great coaches. Mm. Uh, and sometimes, just to be honest, coaches got good players every now and then. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly, they just have a, a few good guys and they're still in that position. Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, there's no question that great players make a coach look great. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. And they stay in that position for a while, you know, and then just get a few more good guys or whatnot. There might be people around them, but – I mean, again, that's neither here nor there, but right. So, I mean, what what makes a good coach is you know somebody that can explain it. I mean, like you said, you have to you have to know the game to be a coach. Mm. But just because you know it and you can play it doesn't mean you can explain it. Right. And you somebody else at that level. That's why you know a lot of the times some of the best coaches were people who were never that good. Mm. People who knew how to play, but. And that goes for every sport, by the way. Because, I mean, I, I played college baseball. It's the, it, it's the same thing. Heck, golf is the best example. Some yeah. of the worst players are the best teachers. Because, like, a lot, of, a lot of the best players, they're feel. They can't explain how they do what they do. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. Because a lot of caddies aren't – they're, they're the ones that, you know, tell the mm-hmm. golfers. So, yeah, you're exactly right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine. Again, this is kind of getting down the rabbit hole, but I had a buddy of mine that met Derek Jeter. So, I mean, again, I'm a baseball guy, whatever. He said he met Derek Jeter. He said, I would never let Derek Jeter teach my kid how to hit, though, because Derek Jeter literally looked him and said, like, I I don't, I I can't really explain to you what I do. I just see ball, hit ball, feel. He wouldn't be a great hitting coach, right? Like, you know, but a guy who wasn't Derek Jeter, who maybe hardly played, like, Again, could be a fantastic teacher. So it, yeah, it goes across all sports. It's really interesting, actually. To be honest, it's it's wild. Yeah, I just in the golf last week, and <laughs> yeah, I started when I was a kid, like a little kid, play forever, and it just came natural to swing. Yeah, swing, and after not playing for eight years, I played last week, and I'm like, okay, how do I do this? And everything, <laughs> like, right, going to the left, I'm hitting under. Then I had to really break it down okay, well, this is what you do when you do a backswing. And you do it – I had to do it that way. So, I mean, you're right. So, uh, if somebody's really natural at something, sometimes it's hard for them to know the mechanics of it because they can just do it. Mm. You know, that's about it sometimes. You know, just being able to operate at that atomic uh, automatic level, you know, or to play at an automatic level. Right. No, for sure. Well, Blue, you've been gracious with your time. Before I get you out here, I want to just ask you about, again – going back to your time at South Carolina when you were on campus, whether it be on the field, off the field, maybe some funny spurrier stories, like what, what are some memories, some, some stories that stick out from your time at Carolina? Oh man. That you can tell on air. I guess I'd have to have There's to say. There's from the bowl game. I can't speak on. <laughs> There's a few from those. Well, some of, some of the best memories just came from the film room. Honestly, some of the best movies came from film because we're all stuck in a little room together and we're all ready to go. So, I mean, I remember one time um, we had a cornerback just randomly walk up to Steve Spurrier, and I don't know what was so funny about it, right? I mean, he came in late. He came in, like, late to the meetings, real late. Just walked up to coach, gives him, like, a little sergeant salute, just spins around. <laughs> I mean, we're, like, 30 minutes into the meeting. <laughs> Like what? I was like, oh my gosh! So that was one of the funniest, um, unexpected things that that I that I did, seen. Did Spurrier get into him or no? 
Um, nah, yeah, it, not right then and there, but right. after, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody knew. Um, so I mean that, and I mean the bowl games were kind of crazy because we're in Florida, so it rained every single day mm. uh, during practice, and it would literally be raining twenty yards from the football field. Mm. And there would be no rain right where we were. So we practiced dry, you know, every single day. So, I mean, stuff like that was, you know, real odd, just, just seeing stuff like that happen um, during those times. No, I, I was just going to say, man, because, again, you, you were part of those great teams. It, it's so funny because th- those teams, obviously the ones you were on, it's still stuff of legends. People still talk about those teams and what you guys did. It's so funny. kind of leads me to this point. I was at the tailgates. Yeah, there's still some tailgates around Williams Bryce and stuff, which is cool. It's nice. COVID hasn't completely killed game day. But uh, I was at a tailgate yesterday, Saturday, and uh, it's so funny because Steven Garcia is still a legend amongst yeah. Gamecock fans. And literally yesterday, it's 2020 now, and I got fans telling me somebody's wearing a number five jersey, the jerseys you guys wore from uh, – uh, well, they wore in 2010. You guys changed jerseys in 11. Yeah, but either, yeah, way, either way, whatever. The, the really yeah. cool looking – they were some of my favorite jerseys. Whatever. The yeah, ones they, they wore in the SC Championship. Anyway, somebody's wearing a five jersey, though, and they're like, you know who this is. They didn't they – had, they had new cl- no clue what I did. They're like, do you know who this is? I'm like, yeah, bro, I know that's Steven Garcia. I know who he is. And they just they, – they start going on this rant or whatever that's like talking about, y'all, Garcia was the best, bro. He was all this. He's like, yeah, I heard this. You know, he, he, got, he got shit-faced before the SEC Championship. And, like, it's – People like are just twisting these stories. Like I, 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 I joked with Garcia on social media, and I put that out there. And I was like, "Dude, by 2040, they're going to be at the tailgate." So I'm like, "Yeah, I remember Garcia used to do blow on the sidelines." Like it's, it just gets more, it gets more absurd by the year. It really, yeah, it's, it's it really does. Like, donate. yeah, it really yeah, does, man. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be the Joe Namath legend. In yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean that. That's. I mean again, that speaks to the testament of. You know what? What um, that team was able to accomplish, you know, during that time. That's amazing. That, I, I almost that just am so I'm Garcia. so upset there was no Twitter or anything while Garcia was in college. I mean, I would have loved to. Like, I wish there were like images from his time that lived on forever. Yeah, like if we had Instagram <laughs> or like if we Snapchat and like, all. Oh god! Like that, oh my goodness! <laughs> the, the amount of the amount of videos that would have surfaced yeah. would just be outrageous this <laughs> come from there because i mean south carolina wasn't a team that was used to that used to that so it was over amplified oh, yeah. i mean other teams you know they were already winning you know 10 12 games a year you yeah. know like texas and oregon usc southern california but we're, we're the real usc by the way mm. but oh, yeah. then whenever you know that started happening it gets super amplified and you know, it would have been amazing if we would or not amazing, but it would have been something else if we would have had Twitter or different types oh, of yeah. social. We had it, but you know, not, it wasn't it wasn't not, nearly not, to the scale not, it is now. Yeah. Yeah, times fifty now probably. Yeah, you can't you can't <laughs> breathe if you're a college athlete without somebody putting a picture out or whatever. So um mm. Blue man, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you reaching out, taking the time. Obviously, I, I know we'll be in touch after this, but uh you know, obviously some of the greatest memories ever when you were in school, when you're on the team at South Carolina, it's always great to relive those. So, you know, honestly, appreciate you reaching out, man. And uh, let's definitely do it again soon for sure. Yeah, most def. Absolutely. He's Joshua Blue. I'm Chris Phil. appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show.